Welcome to Underqualified Thoughts, where two brothers-in-law have conversations stemming from their daily lives. Expect authentic, relationship-building discussions that time-capsule the early years of these podcasters' families, careers, and pastimes. Welcome to podcast number eight of season one, everyone. It's my favorite number. Better be a banger. We all hope so. Speaking of needs to be a banger, how do you think the audio quality is going to be with you leaving the phone on the armrest of the chair you're sitting in? Um, based on what I'm seeing right now, it looks pretty solid. Audio is peaking well. All right. Carry on. Obviously, audio quality has been a source of contention recently as we had several listeners get back to us with some critique. Andy, would you like to share Who? why they were so bothered? Who else? Other than... Caitlin? Kendall. Uh, did she say I was flipping your ring too? Well, did she know? I think she immediately zoned in on the coin. The coin. So well, I mean, there's no air quotes around it. It was a literal coin. It was, it was a, a literal it was a coin. coin. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh well. I, I didn't hear the audio peak when it hit the ground, which that was... a. See, that's what's fun about not filming it right now. We get the behind the scenes, like you and I do, of like the frantic like movements of... You know, like you see me right before I move in the chair and you hear the chair squeaking. I see you flipping a quarter the whole episode and all of a sudden it lands on the ground next to you and you have to fiddle to get it back. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we are, uh, you know, Andy, I just had this thought. I had it during church today. I don't know why I was thinking about it. You know that, that, that thing we have to do where every December we're asked to like produce a list Who's this we? This is the family. You and I. The family. Yeah. yeah. For gifts and whatnot. Go on. We we should have just put some cheap microphones on there. We what, what were we doing? Um, Why did we do what we did? Well, when did you make your list? We didn't make our list together. Well, that's to be fair, McCammy made it for me. Oh, that's <laughs> a, is that why you have two different types of batteries on the list? She knows no, your battery. No, interests. I actually put those on there. But... Okay, so context to everyone listening. I am not a big... Let me rephrase this. Because I know family is listening. And this matters. I appreciate gifts. Thank you for your generosity. Shout out, Debbie. But I appreciate gifts even more when I don't ask for them. them. Like... And, and it, like, it impacts me for a very long time. And what I mean is, like, three years ago, Pam bought me golf clubs. I had no clue that I wanted golf clubs. I had just played golf at one point and was like, that was fun. Probably never going to do it again because it's so expensive. But she bought these clubs, gave them to me, and I was over the moon, and I still play and golf. And now there's a net in your backyard yeah, and, and, where you're practicing and I'm actively your, practicing your mid-range things. game. Yeah. So those are the type of gifts that I love. How do you feel about gifts, Andy? This podcast episode itself is a gift because right before we started, we threw about five different <laughs> ideas on the table of what we were going to talk about, and this was not one of them. Like one minute into recording, we're talking about you flipping a coin the last two episodes, and you go, you know what? I had a thought. Let's talk about this now. This is a gift. Um, I am... Oh, this is funny. If I can remember this correctly and tell this story, it'll tell a lot about me. I'm not a big gift receiver. Like, I'm fine 
if you give me a gift, but if I don't like it, I don't feel like, you know, same thing. Like, I don't feel like you, I don't want to say like you wasted your time, but I'm expected to respond in a certain way, like, um, socially. Like, obviously I'm thankful that you thought about me and that's, that is genuine. But then if I have a gift that I don't use and I just have something sitting in my house and then there's the guilt of getting rid of it or keeping it and all that jazz. Then, you know, there are the situations where it's like, Hey, let's make a list. And I come up with my list last minute because I'm bad at thinking about these things ahead of time, or I just don't value like the F to put the effort into it. Maybe that's where I need to grow. Then all of a sudden I get a gift for a foam roller that I asked for that I've used three times in the last year. Shout out for to you for getting me that gift. Well, the opposite. Um, there's oh, the bidet. The bidet. Great example. It's still sitting in the same place I left it three years ago. And the worst part is you specifically talked about how much you enjoyed that. I think they're the way of the future, everyone. <laughs> but, but you're not. You're not in the future. You're yet. right. We're not in the future. But to circle back to this story that I need to articulate clearly, it happened at Thanksgiving with Pam. Mm. we were talking about the I think we were talking about this like the whole gift giving like secret Santa thing we're doing with our family and I talked about how Pam is really good at giving gifts like she's probably the one person who I would be comfortable being like hey you can go off my list and get Mm -hmm. me something that I think I would like and that's not like a, a slide on anyone else. That's just how talented she is and how specific I am with wanting something. But what was funny was when we were talking about that, Pam was like, oh, for you, I wouldn't go off your list. And I looked at her and I said, I know what that says about me, but I don't care. Because that means that I'm getting what I want. And when that happened, I was like, that's a pretty good, like even one of the best gift, giver, gift givers that I know looks at me and goes, Oh, I'm not veering off your list. I'm getting what your list says, um, which is funny because there are, are very select few things that I'm very particular about. But then most everything else in life, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I'm gonna have to listen back and understand why we're here. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I just I enjoy giving gifts, but like giving good gifts that I've like actually put thought into and work into. Like the hangboard that I have. Like the hangboard? context is a device to strengthen my fingers for rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you took a piece of wood, drilled a bunch of, not random, but to the to the you know the person who doesn't know much about it, they look random, just a bunch of different size, both in width and depth holes inside a board that I hang from our pull-up bar that I hang from my fingers on. That... The uh, the cutting board, I okay. I refinished a knife for Pam. Like there's just, I would rather redo something or like help you with something. Since you solicited know. the audience last time to get you one the subscription to keep posting this podcast and the apartment nine medium T-shirts V-neck V-neck, would you not take a, a crew neck? Would it only no. be a v- okay? So sorry, only V-neck. Could you make me a massive cutting board? Mm. like like a butcher block not not that thick i mean like i just want like a large space we had talked about this a long time ago one of the projects that i wanted to build we don't really have the space in our current place for it based Mm. off the way of how our island is set up uh, and our kitchen is set up but there's a youtuber that i watch ethan chabowski shout out 
he he's the reason why I have pickled onions in my fridge at all times now. Hmm. Um, but he built, I think I showed you the list because he linked to the, to the, whatever, the parts that you needed to make it. Um, but this was like a long time ago that I sent it to you. So who knows where it is now, but he basically has a mobile kitchen, like cutting board stand thing. Like it's basically a big thing of wood on the top on four metal poles that has wheels at the bottom. And he has hooks where he hangs his pots and Mm -hmm. pans on underneath that. But in his videos, he doesn't use a cutting board. He just cuts on On top of it because that is the cutting board. Yeah. And so that is the dream just to have like a massive surface that is my cutting board. And all I have to do is, you know, continue to obviously um, sanitize it, but then, you know, put whatever oil or something that I need so that the, the, the lines of the knife keep filling back in and they don't deteriorate far over time. But if, so we can, we can circle back to that offline, shout out to the, the COVID phrases from work or the phrases from work during the COVID era. But that, that is a dream. That would be a dream gift, like a, that whole setup, but if not like a really massive cutting board. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, anyway, so once again, I don't know how we got here, but I just, I like things that are memorable. The best gifts that I've ever received are the ones that I still use mm-hmm. and that are valued to me. Which, outside the hangboard, which I use, I was also using that antenna pad that you got me pretty much mm, daily. Yeah. But now that we have cable again in our new apartment complex, it's in a in the closet, but it's going to get pulled back out whenever we get a house. Yeah. And we cut cable again. So on to the topics for today. Good idea? That's a good idea, but... This is this is chaotic. This was? Oh yeah, I'm sure. I, no, this was this was good. Was it good? It was it was 10 minutes of I I saw a topic about gifts and giving and generosity. I feel like we bounced around a lot and I didn't articulate myself well at certain moments. I think but, this was good. All right. We'll we'll find out from our critiquers out there in the world. Send me a yeah. text right now on, the on a scale side. of 0 to 10. Rank this past 10 minutes. This 10 segment. is good, 0 is terrible. Okay. Onward. Which I am proud of you. You are grown. You're not flipping a quarter and your keys are sitting right next to you and you haven't touched them once since you hit record. That's right. I thought I was going to have to make you sit on your hands this episode, but <laughs> you're showing strength. Oh, oh, quality sound asking for um, the mic. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, hey, guys, if you want to donate, <laughs> um, I'll send you my phone number later. <laughs> You've already given, go back to episode four and three. <laughs> yeah. um, but something you mentioned, there are these two guys who I watch their YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Colin and Samir. They're very similar to us in that they have a yellow background for their logo. But they their YouTube channel is about educating creators. So they're like content creators themselves. And they basically interview creators and help educate people who want to be creators. And I find their stuff fascinating because I've watched YouTube for so long that it's fun to see them talk about the state of YouTube and how it works now. And how these creators are thriving. All that to say... They have a newsletter that if we sign up for it before Monday, uh, they're giving away a $1,000 gift card to some website, which is like exclusively for, like it sells like laptops, cameras, microphones, Hmm. like anything you would need to create content. So I'm glad that you brought that up, those cheap microphones, because you and I can both put our emails down. Hmm. And who knows, maybe in January, you're like, oh my goodness, that quality is so elevated. Elevated. And what's really sad is we could spend just a little bit of money and it'd be a little bit better no a lot better 
actually. Anyway, onward. Um, Andy, uh, in the past episode, we talked about your job interview, and uh, we would like to revisit that topic. With much enthusiasm, you brought that up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, this is why we hadn't bought a microphone yet. I didn't have a job. But the <laughs> update is I have a job. Technically, I still don't have a job. I have a job offer that I accepted, and I've gone through the whole background process, given my fingerprints and everything cleared, which does that, have you ever had to do fingerprints for a job? Mm-hmm. Which I've had to do that. I did that for my first job at UBS, and I had to do that again now. But when I told Caitlin that I had to do fingerprints, she was floored, almost as floored as you were that I used to wear a tie to work. Like she was like, why would that, why is it, that's so unnecessary. Why do you need to do that? Actually, like, I don't think I have. I keep going. Sorry. I just want to, yeah. I don't think I have. Yeah. That's pretty weird. Actually. Another thing about it. But it's just like a background. They give, they do a background check Yeah. and the fingerprints are part of that. And that could be a part of whether it's stuffiness or red tape or just, you know, regulatory measures, which I guess is red tape. Like to me, it makes sense inside of the financial industry because financial crimes are a big deal, and you don't want anyone who's committed a financial crime working for your financial institution. So I did that. So basically, the onboarding process has been amazing compared to my last job. My last job it took a really really long time because UBS is headquarters in Switzerland, so you know, and everything that we're doing here in the states has to get sent to Switzerland and then get sent back, and it's just. Hmm takes a long time like you know we'll hire someone and then you won't see them again for like two and a half months until they actually start not because they're pushing the start date back but it just takes that long to go through the process but yeah it was i got a phone call i remember telling you i sent you the voicemail Mm -hmm. and the voicemail was super stoic from the recruiter and she was just calling me to let me know she had an update and it was within a week of the interview Hmm. that we had talked about you know i sarcastically was like yeah quickly sure like the it's going to move quick, whatever you say. They actually did. Like, they got back to me within a week. Although, with how stoked she was in her voicemail, she just said, like, hey, I'm just here. I'm just calling to give you an update. Please give me a call back. I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. Like, your, your update is, hey, we're going to move through with the process, but we're just letting you know quickly you're not it. Because I didn't know if there was another interview or if I was getting an offer after that second interview. No. I then call her back. I'm, like, shaking. Caitlin's watching me from the other room and I'm like, I, I like, I kept mouthing to her, stop looking at me. But of course she kept looking at me to see like what my reaction was. The recruiter answers the phone. We both say, hi, you know, how are you doing? Whatever. And she goes, hi, I was just calling to let you know you were a top candidate. Now, if I pause right there, what do you think is the next <laughs> thing out of, coming out of her mouth? But we moved on in our application process. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Or you were <laughs> a top candidate. Yeah, like not even like I'm thinking of like you were a top candidate. You've made it to the top four of the final interview or whatever. Like she would say you are a top candidate. Yeah. So it was past tense. And she was letting me know that I was a top candidate. So it's like you were a top candidate. Tough luck. I guess the only way of looking at it would be you were um, a top candidate and you aren't a candidate anymore because you're hired. Well, that's the only way you can. Exactly. She said you were a top candidate and we want to make an offer to you. And so it's kind of weird still though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just obviously it's me overthinking it, but it was the the kind of monotone voicemail, which that's what I was trying to get at last episode when I was talking about I don't come across super excited about things in interviews because I am pretty monotone. 
or not, you know, I'm not like the, that professor that you had in college who you like wanted to hit your head against the wall in their class, but I'm definitely not super expressive with my tone. So I get a relatively monotone voicemail. I get, you were a top candidate. And thankfully before I could spiral, she was like, and we have an offer. And at that point I was like, what is happening? What is this world That's that funny. I'm living in? Um, but yeah, it was really cool. You know, obviously I wonder, I'm like, what do you mean by you were a top candidate? Did you offer it to someone else? And they turned no, it down. That's what I was thinking, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. I don't care if I was the third person and the first two people turned it down. I'm the first yeah. person to say yes to the job. So what exactly is the job title again, just for the audience? Associate product manager, which was awesome. I was thinking about that when I was listening to our last podcast on the way up here, because you asked me what I was looking to transition into. And I said the desired job title would be associate product manager. Yeah. And so I literally got the job title that I was looking for. And again, who is it with? Wells Fargo, which maybe we'll have to go back and redact that. You know, remember that cease and desist that I could get once yeah. I find out where no I video. And when would you start? When do you start? So they reached out to me the last week of November. November hadn't ended yet. It was uh, it probably was like Wednesday or Thursday after Thanksgiving. Maybe Monday. I know it wasn't Tuesday, but it was at some point that week. And she goes, we can have you start December 5th or December 12th. Oof. So by the way, she's like, hey, it must have been a Wednesday. Yeah, okay. Because it wasn't, I would have remembered mm-hmm. if it was that close. So basically on Wednesday, she's like, hey, we can start you in five days. I was like, whoa, whoa, I have a child. And that's when, which is funny, I didn't talk about Lily at all on the job interview because it didn't come up. Yeah. The first interview, Lily hadn't been born yet. The second interview, they just like jumped right into like work related things. They didn't say like, tell me about yourself. They were just like, tell me about your career. So... I was just like, hey, I have a child that was born less than a month ago. Like, I, in theory, I could, but my wife would feel like she just had the rug ripped down underneath her from, you know, I'm staying at home with her in perpetuity, you know, mm-hmm. until I find a job to, by the way, in five days, your husband's going back to work. So I told them, you know, I told them that, you know, I, I, I told her, I was like, we're going to accept this role. But if I've learned anything in my two and a half years of marriage, I need to talk to my wife first. <laughs> and she laughed and she was like, yes, that is that is good. I was like, thank you <laughs> for funny. affirming that. So Caitlin and I talked and, you know, we were just talking. Caitlin's thing was like, if we can start at the beginning of the year, that'd be great. But I told her that the when I told the recruiter I wanted to start later at first, she was like, oh, the 19th or the 26th could work. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like show up to the Christmas party day one, no, no one. And then. Mm-hmm. keep going but they came back and they were super understanding which i really appreciate they've been pretty flexible thus far which apparently was a knock on them in the past a friend of mine who works for wells told me that they've gotten lots of critiques that they've been inflexible in the past hmm. and so i think i'm coming in on a wave where they're being more flexible and so i'm not going to start until january 4th which is a wednesday which is kind of weird to start in the middle of the week but the you know, monday is like january 2nd yeah. and the, my senior manager's taking time off around New Year's, so she's not going to be back in the office the fourth. So I'm going to roll in on Wednesday, January fourth. Not in a suit. I confirmed that they're very, they're pretty casual. In their uptown office, they're like business casual, but in the office that 
the majority of the team is sitting in. She basically was like, just, she's like, you can wear jeans, just don't wear a graphic t-shirt. Hmm. I was like, can I wear a plain t-shirt? And she's like, well, she's like, they have, they make nicer t-shirts now that kind of look like the material of dress shirts. And I was like, okay, That's wild. so I'll just wear like a polo or a button up tucked into some khakis or something. Yeah. See what the environment's like and then make moves from there. Yeah. I'll probably show up in business casual, be overdressed again yeah. because ripped to my first job when I showed up underdressed. <laughs> uh, another story for another day. And then I'll, yeah, I'll just, I'll match the standards of those around me. Cool. Well, that's definitely a big, a big thing there. Big transition coming. Yeah, dude, honestly, after leaving my job in July, I've been trying to wrap my head around, like, obviously it's going to be a, a wild transition for Caitlin going back to work because she works from home and like Lily will be in the house. But I can't, it's hard for me. Like I, I've done a desk job for four years or so, but after taking five months off of it and now that Lily's in the world, like what am I going to feel the first day where I'm sitting in my car, dressed business casual, going on a 20 minute commute to the hmm. office that I'm in? Yeah. It'll probably be weirdly nostalgic, which is weird that, that feels nostalgic because, you know, like, I've been doing it for four years, took five months off, and then I'm going to go do it yeah. for the foreseeable future. Yeah. That's crazy. Commute. I've never had a commute. Yes, you have. When? You don't live at the school you teach at. Okay, two minutes away. I have a two-minute commute, everyone. I don't know. I don't think that really counts. It's too close. The only thing I could think about in commute world would be, like, from uh, my home to, like, school, maybe. How long was that drive? 15 but it, yeah it, like i kind of lived at the school though i mean it was the standard commute i don't know we'd have to look it up what the average time is it's probably shockingly high like some people drive a long way to work i've know i know people who work in different states and they live in like they live relatively close to the border mm-hmm. but it's like you know they live in maryland and drive into dc to work or drive yeah. down to virginia to work or you know here living in charlotte we're on the border of south carolina well because living in the city is so expensive yeah, and that and just the traffic. But in Charlotte, it's the opposite. In some cases, it's the opposite. You know, they're, so uh, you're right. The The standard commute would be someone living in Fort Mill or Rock Hill, South Carolina, coming into Uptown to work. Because what I've heard called the reverse commute is living in Uptown and driving down, driving anywhere hmm. outside of the city to work. That'd be weird. Because that's what I do. When we, when I work for UBS, they're in, they're in Ballantyne, which is, a suburb of Charlotte, or maybe it's a technically a different area, whatever. It's a, a neighborhood of Charlotte that's basically right on the border of South Carolina. Hmm. And I live closer to uptown, so I would drive 20 minutes south to Ballantyne, and my traffic was pretty smooth because I was going the opposite way mm-hmm. of the most flow of traffic. And now I live just outside of uptown, and there are basically two Wells Fargo offices that I can sit in, which we haven't hammered out those details yet. One of them is two miles from my house. It's just their massive skyscraper headquartered. It's not their headquarters, but it's their Charlotte headquarters um, where I could go there. Or I drive 20 minutes up this way towards the Ikea on exit 45. Mm-hmm. And then that's also a reverse commute because I'm leaving the city when everyone else is coming in. And then I'm going back to the city when everyone's leaving. Well, that'll be exciting, and I think it's perfect that 
you're able to make that move whenever um, the new year starts. I, I always have something about, you know, starting new things in the um, new year. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. Um, I focus more on goals, but... Is that not what I, you resolve to do it? Yeah, but I, I stay away from the word resolutions because of the cultural implications. Because a New Year's resolution means... Do it for two weeks and fail. by yeah. February. <laughs> yeah. And with goals, it's normally... I have, like, benchmarks and targets I try to hit. That makes sense that you you are too structured for... When, when you first were, like... I'm not on this resolution stuff. I was like, what? You're all about like goal orienting, do new things, get stuff done. But it makes sense. You're basically too cool for it. You're too advanced at achieving your and setting your goals to be like New Year's resolutions, please. Well, Child's I mean, it's just one of those things that too many people posted on social media or whatever and they say, I'm gonna lose ten pounds this year and I'm gonna I'm gonna go hike this mountain and whatever and blah blah blah. And it's like cool. Um but yeah, they they clearly just struggle with it every every month, um, or every year, or every year. Yeah, that's what I'll set a New Year's resolution this year to start my job on January fourth. One that like <laughs> I can't fail unless something crazy happens. Yeah. Um. Well, anything else we want to add to this podcast? Episode eight. Don't think it was our best one. I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was bad. It's no episode six or seven, five, or episode. Ah, they all blow together at this the point. Five was yeah. No, I think this one was fine. This one, I think seven, lucky number seven. I think seven is the one that is the standard. It's is pretty good. Yeah, six and seven. Six was the one for me that was super good. Well, <laughs> uh, which will well funny because looking back, they'll be affectionately known as the coin flip episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we'll be like, wait, those are your two best? And we'll be like, yes, <laughs> outside of the coin flipping and the squeaky chair that I was sitting in, it was great. That's, that's very funny. Well, everyone, we will um, catch you in the next episode. Goodbye. Bye.